You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Show. We're already having fun. We are the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, February 27th. Our special guest on the hotline bling will be boxing writer and connoisseur from FightNights.com, Jake Donovan. He's going to give us the latest scoop on the Felix Diaz and Terrence Crawford negotiations. Uh, let me properly introduce my hilarious partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net, Contributor for BlackSportsOnline.com, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's so funny, Jay? I don't know. I just was, you see, I hesitated to start the intro music. I don't know why. I was just sitting here cheesing, lost in my own little pea scattered brain, got a little ADD for a second, so that's why I had to giggle. But good morning, everybody. I'm with y'all. I'm up and I promise I'm awake. Another edition of the Morning Punching Show. Glad to be back with my girl, R.V., talking some boxing, a lot going on this weekend. We, is it starting to turn into a reality show? I feel like boxing's turning into a reality show. Like, it stopped being a real sport for a second over the weekend. But for we'll real. get into, man, what the hell's going on with boxing this weekend? Did you feel like you were watching VH1? <laughs> I don't Love know. Love and hip-hop, the boxing version. There, there, we got a lot of word on the curb for you guys, so make sure you hang on till the end of the show. You know, we're going to save all the, the good tea till the end. We've and got we a got lot it. of in case you missed it topics that probably went right over your head last week. And again, Jake's going to come on today and talk to us about what's going on with Felix Diaz, with his promoter Lou DiBella, with these negotiations for the Crawford fight. Is Granados really in the running for this fight? We also got some uh, hot word on the curb that came in this morning on this Pacquiao Khan fight, too. So make sure you guys hang on for that. Uh, but, Jay, it was a busy weekend. Friday and Saturday, lots of fights. We started off on Showbox on Friday night. Did you catch the TMT Showbox card? I did. I did see some of the Showbox card. I saw the two main events. The only fight I missed was uh, the Tabidi fight because I was on the way in. So how did Tabidi? It's been a while since we heard from him. Uh, the money team, play, the players, the players, their fighters pop up every once in a while after a lengthy absence from the ring, and they never look too good as a result. How did the Tabidi and Grace fight go? Well, here's the thing. You, you can't knock Floyd in matchmaking. His guys always match his guys tough, and they get matched tough early. So Tabidi Graves, Graves looked a little nervous. It was a one-sided fight. Um, it could have probably ended a lot sooner, but, you know, he wasn't going to quit. He really had nothing in him. The corner finally stopped it at the end of round six. He was mm. losing every round. It was not a fun fight to watch. So, Tabidi, he used to be really active, really busy, and he actually used right. to kind of impress me. Not so much anymore. It's like he disappeared. Um, he needs to get busy again. You know, he showed that he has a good job, but that's about it. There was really no fire in him that's from what bad. I saw. That's too bad. That's too bad. Oh, well. We made On it. another note, Floyd, Floyd was there ringside watching his guys. He only brought two of his sister wives. It was a light <clears> night for him. Oh, no. Nah, he's probably all right. Maybe maybe he's uh, auditioning some new ones and he has some space. So we'll see what happens with that. Shout out to the yeah, sister so, wives. 
Yeah. So in the second night of the fight, Neno Saul Rodriguez returned versus Oscar Bravo. So Neno, RB&J, broke this word on the curb a long, long, long time ago. He was leaving top rank. He wasn't happy. He felt like they weren't doing enough for him, although they did put like 20 wins under his belt. But he wanted to sign with Floyd. He wanted to be a part of TMT. Next thing you know, we saw him in Miami riding bicycles at 2 o'clock in the morning to Fatburger. <laughs> he was at the Miami Heat game sitting on the wood with Floyd. I mean, I don't know when he was training, uh, but it showed in the ring on Friday night that he was not training. He, he did not look good. He was not impressive. He looked rusty as hell. Bravo is a game fighter. You cannot sleep on him. Felix Verdejo went the distance with him like two years ago as well. Neno looked real, real slow, real shaky. Um, he was dropped hard in the fifth round. He's just been too inactive, very distractive. And, and do we now see why Gervonta Davis does not want to move to Vegas? Do we see now why he don't want to ride bikes in Miami at 2 o'clock in the morning? Do we now see the difference, Jay? Absolutely. And when that phone ring and, you know, I want to go to the doghouse, but we go ride cross country to get some Taco Bell and then come back. You got to do it because if you're on the squad, these are part of the service and conditions that you sign when you go over there. The Twitter get troll game on Nino was amazing. I think I have some pretty fantastic boxing fans, especially some SoCal ones that are very familiar with Nino, Robert Garcia, and are big fans of Robert Garcia. So their troll game was on 100,000 trillion looking at Nino get out there in the ring and not look sharp and precise for everything from he looks weird with a buddy team shirt on too. See, that's why yeah, yeah. I shouldn't let Robert Garcia troll game was on 100,000 trillion for Nino yes. and the fact that he didn't look spectacular just added to it. He is now trained by Roberto Alcazar, which used to train Oscar, he used to train Oscar De La Hoya. But I think it's very apparent that Neno needs to get back to his roots. He needs to get back with Robert Garcia. You know, money can't buy you work ethic. So that's great nope. that you got a little signing bonus from Floyd. That's great that you got to ride bikes with him in Miami at two in the morning. But that can't that doesn't buy you work ethic. That doesn't buy you skills or anything like that. So um, you know, hopefully Floyd puts his ego to the side too. And let's Neno go back to Robert Garcia because I heard that was a little messy over there too. You know, Mikey Garcia was supposed to sign with Floyd and he mm. didn't. He sure didn't. We're still on. And if you're just tuning in, we are on day number 742 of Mikey Garcia signing watch. Still no word of who he's going to sign with. I thought we were going to get an, an announcement after he won his last fight. Mikey Garcia still hasn't signed to anyone, not even himself. He don't have to. He don't right? have to. Yeah, that do. Smart guy. Smart guy. Yeah, and you know, Floyd likes to dictate, you know, who you train with and where you train and everything else. And then he needs to get back to Oxnard. But uh, anyway, the main event fight, Jay, Chris Pearson (laughs) versus Deloach. Deloach stopped Pearson in round two. Pearson's another one, way too inactive. And activity is killing these young prospects. And you know what, Justin Deloach? Overall, mm-hmm. he is a good fighter. We don't really know him. He's from Augusta, Augusta Georgia, but he's mm-hmm. really good. You know, I don't think good that this kid. was a big upset. I think a lot of people were picking him. I think so, too. He was a solid guy. He came ready. He sees his opportunity. Like you mentioned, Pearson inactive. In Pearson's mind, he probably was already on his way to the, fir- to the 40th birthday party. Not focused. It's just, I think it's just too many of the too many young guys try and live that young, flashy fly, they probably think they're an R&B group when they're in camp. 
It's just too much going on there. Everybody's not built for that. Some guys can get in that environment and thrive, but the majority of them can't. Look at the ones that have been successful that have come out of there. Uh, what's the kid's name The uh, that just won? Our, Badu um, Jack. Jack. He's not out there. Gervonta's not out there. Sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to have knowledge of self and know your limits and know what you're capable of having around you and still be productive. I couldn't live like That's- that. That that's a, a really good point that you just brought up. I mean, that the difference is right there, black and white. It's no coincidence. Um, well, so, again, we can't say that Floyd matches his guys easy. You know, nope. Pearson lost. Neno went to hell and back with this guy, which it was really close. It could have been a draw. I actually thought Bravo, you know, squeaked out the win, but Neno got it. Um, there's always an upset on these TMT showbox cards. That's why I love watching the TMT cards. There's always yep. some drama. Yep, can't never just be whatever. So, yeah. Another week. So let's team. move on to Saturday night on Fox, the big uh, mm-hmm. Wilder Washington fight. Let's start with the fight that opened up the telecast, which was Dominic Brazil versus Jay. You're going to help me out. Izzy Uganaho. Ugona. Ugana. Ugana. Yes. What? Ugono. 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 Ooh, Ugono go. Is no. the, uh, so Gono is the, the Polish fighter who mm-hmm. Al Heyman signed a couple months ago, and they were really high on this guy, um, and they thought that he could bring a really big fan base with him to the United States, you know, and so they threw him in there with Dominic Brazil, which, you know, Brazil has a real will to fight, but he's just really not the most technical guy. He's really not mm-hmm. that good. Um, his body was out of shape. Jay, I mean, he just—he didn't really look like he conditioned too well. He never um, does. I think he has an aversion mm. to road work. So I've never seen Dominic Brazil and thought, "Wow, he really got it in for this camp." Never. Not once. Well, yeah. So they went at it. It actually turned into a war. It turned into a really fun fight. There was a double knockdown in round three. I don't know when was the last <laughs> time we saw that, but that was That's great. Awesome. They were That's duking awesome. it out. The fans were on their feet in Alabama. I mean, they were cracking. Brazil was dropped again in the fourth round. Both guys were exhausted. They were both out of shape, which made for a really fun fight, kind of like Ariola Harper did last year, where it was like, mm-hmm. why is Chris Ariola fighting this Harper guy? And it ended up being one of the best fights of the year. It wasn't pretty, but it was all action. It was a lot of fun. Brazil could take a beating. Yo, he yeah, was he taking shots. Yep, and bloody and battered, and he kept on going, and he kept on going until he finally landed what he needed to land. Boy, that man went out those ropes. What is it with people going out of the ropes lately? I had just tweeted, I hope they tighten them ropes up for this fight. Next thing you know, the brother outside the ropes, just out. Dominic Brazil, who knew he could crack like that? African fighters usually don't go down like that. Or no, I'm sorry, he's Polish. Well, he's African, but he's African. But um, yeah, I was surprised to see Dominic Brazil lay him out like that. Yeah, man. You know, he he ended up knocking the guy out of the ring. Brazil ended up knocking him out, out of the ring. He has proven that he is extremely tough, and Mm -hmm. he is game. You know what I mean? He lacks elite talent but mm-hmm. he has a lot of heart. You cannot take that from Dominic Brazil. This is Absolutely. two times now where he has gutted out a victory when it looks like he was going to get beat. Remember when Amir Mansoor was whipping on him last year yes. and he pulled that out? Yes, that was a hell of a fight. That was a hell yeah. of a brutal fight. So Dominic after Brazil. that fight, 
Yeah, man. So right after that fight, I'm like, wow, this is great buildup for Wilder versus Dominic Brazil. Because if the Polish guy would have won, I was almost 99% certain that he would have fought Wilder this year. And with Dominic winning, I'm like, this is a great buildup. Well, not only was it a great buildup, but Jay, after the fight, let's talk about what happened between Dominic Brazil and Deontay Wilder yeah. camp. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let me, let me get go my water. Go, let's, let's go, RB. No, kick it off. I'm, I've, I've been ready to discuss this. Well, after the fight, they go back to the hotel lobby. And apparently throughout the night, you know, Dominic Brazil's people were, you know, cheering for him and kind of taunting. And Wilder's people got all mad because, you know, oh, we from Alabama, you're in our house. It's like, bro. Let them cheer for their fighter. That's their family. That's their people. What's the big deal here? Well, a brawl broke out in the, in, in the hotel lobby at the Westin between Team Brazil and Team Wilder. Dominic Brazil was saying that Deontay and a mob of, like, 20 people attacked his people. They were swinging. They were slugging. They were beefing. They were fighting. Completely unprofessional. I don't know what the hell is up with Deontay Wilder these days, but Dominic Brazil said that they were completely blindsided and they were assaulted. Mm. Now, unless mm. Dominic Brazil says something about Deontay's mama, I think that this is very cowardly. Like, I don't understand what could have been so serious that a damn brawl had to fight, had to break out. Is this build up? Is this for the cameras? Like, what is up with Deontay Wilder, Jay? I think this is a bunch of bullshit. Come on now. Now, for those of you who live in Southern California, especially my media peeps, if you've met Dominic Brazil, nothing about Dominic Brazil suggests that he's going to say something so disrespectful that you have to take a swing at him. So when I first heard this story, I thought vanilla Dominic Brazil got Wilder swinging on him in his hometown with his people. And he's not down there mobbing deep down there with his wife and his kids and his trainer. Get the fuck out of here. So I started looking at it a little bit deeper and I started looking at everybody's social media because everybody likes to put everything on social media. So I look at Wilder's girl's social media and she's down there filming for the show WAGS. If you don't know what WAGS is, it's a wife and girlfriends of athletes. I think that's what it stands for. It comes on the E network. So if she's taping for WAGS and that means she's on the season, I'm low-key feeling like they manufactured this beef so they would have something to film while they're down there. I can't confirm. This is just my thoughts. But I know drama. I know reality TV. And this just looks like the perfect little scuffle to pop up on an E-Network mm-hmm. episode in the future. So if you see this incident, it's obviously going to be a part of the show because they're filming it. So when this show airs next spring or whenever it comes back to the schedule and you see the scuffle between Brazil and Wilder, just keep in mind that they all had to get checks to be on there. That's all I'm saying. Where's my mm-hmm. water at? Yeah, okay, you heard it here. Hmm. We're just going to leave that alone. Wilder's been doing a lot lately. You know, on the show last week and even throughout the week on Twitter I was saying, hmm, this fight is more 50-50 than what people think between him and, and Washington. And it was because social media will tell on a fighter real quick. You know, he was out a lot, traveling, partying, celebrating, drinking, dancing. I mean, it was just like, whoa, who is this new Deontay Wilder? You know, but sometimes guys get complacent and comfortable and they start making a lot of money and they get beautiful women and all of a sudden training becomes secondary and training no longer becomes the priority. Um, I mean, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. We so didn't we'll, even get no we'll, bomb squad, RB. 
We didn't get no okay. bomb squad at the conclusion. We're the bomb squad. Where that at? Come on now. Don't 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 be the wilder that we came to know and really really like. It's like Broner and the hairbrush. What happened? Right. Right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll recap the Wilder Washington fight, but let's go to the co-main event, which was Tony Harrison versus Jarrett Hurd. Jarrett Hurd rallied to stop Tony Harrison, wins the IBF title. Um, they both came out boxing. Tony Harrison was definitely way up on the cards. He was outboxing Hurd in the early rounds, and then all of a sudden the tables turned in, like, round seven. Jarrett Hurd was having good rounds. He was hitting him with some nice uppercuts. He knew he was hurting him. You know, a lot of people were being hard on Hurd during the early rounds, and I was actually being real easy because I thought, you know, this kid has been learning on the job, and the mm-hmm. more he fights, the better he gets. And I just knew that the later rounds he was going and the deeper the waters he was swimming in, I just knew he was going to capitalize. I really, really did. So I don't think he's being overhyped. I think he takes risks. I think he takes opportunities, and he knows how to seize the moment. You know, I love that about him. And his skills are entertaining. They might not be the most polished, but I think he's an entertaining fighter. I do, too. I enjoyed seeing him again this weekend. It's something very satisfying to see a fight where the at some, where someone has to dig down deep in order to to really pull off the victory. That's what we saw with Hurd. He, he went into that late water, and he got busy. The only thing that I took away from the fight that I would like to see more out of Hurd is head movement. He still takes mm. a lot of shots. You know, he's got some good rangy, rangy shots. He moves around well, but he's still taking a few too many shots to the head for my liking. But like you said, he's learning on the job. He's a young kid. He's working hard. He's clearly focused. So these are exciting times mm-hmm. for him. These are now when you start making a little money, you have a few more resources. We don't know what people's life situation is like. Maybe he can get in the in the gym more and focus on these intangibles. So Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. Yeah. That's great for him. Yeah. You know, I think, Jay, that he could be very, very special in boxing if he keeps winning. You know, he fights good guys. He fights tough. Even his little promotional videos and his social media are all pleasant to watch. He's got this amazing smile. He's got this really cool look to him with the crazy hair like Odell Beckham. You know, I just think we've all embraced him. You know, I just think mm-hmm. we all genuinely like that kid. And I think he could really be the face of the 154-pound division. Yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, no, Nowhere yeah. to go but up. Nowhere to go yeah. but up. So before we get Jake Donovan on, let's just talk real quick about Wilder Washington. Um, so it wasn't an easy fight for Deontay early on. I actually had Gerald Washington up five rounds to none before the knockout came in round six. Washington was just really athletic. Uh, Wilder did nothing early on. He looked really confused. He was throwing, swinging shots all over and missing. I mean, Washington's jabs were knocking Deontay back at one point. But then came the big knockout in round six, and Deontay Wilder rose to the occasion, found a way to win. Found a way to win in very unspectacular fashion. I just hope that this is not – I'm hoping this is because – the trial was going on with Povetkin and the, the then the fighter he was supposed to fight before he got Washington. And I hope these distractions are what were the catalyst for his performance on Saturday or him not taking Washington seriously. Either way, 
I don't like that version of Wilder. I like the Wilder one punch power, the Wilder that took out Ariola and Severn and yeah. Luke Scott and I want that bomb squad Wilder back. I don't know about this weave wearing partying during Camp Wilder. I'm not feeling it's, that. Yeah. And I like <laughs> Wilder, but I'm not feeling that. Yeah, let's um let's go to the hotline bling Jake. Uh, or I'm sorry, Jay, and let's bring on Jake Donovan. Hey. hey. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Morning, How Jake. you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Always a pleasure to be on uh, the Morning Punch-In show with RB and J. You Thank see, you I got so your music playing have... in the a little, background. A little taste of white chocolate to go along with it. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Jay, let's hear it. No more radio yeah. silence. All right. Now you can have me on every Monday. That's right. <laughs> We're actually customizing one just for you. So anyway, we All brought right. you on today. You are the managing editor, boxing connoisseur, reporter for FightNights.com. Um, always have the real information for us. There's a lot of things that were circulating last week about Felix Diaz. And mm-hmm. he really wants this big fight with Terrence Crawford. And there seems to be a lot of roadblocks in the way. And we have other media members out there, you know, being fed certain information. Can you give us the lowdown on what's going on with Felix Diaz? You know, I mean, you put it perfectly. I mean, media being fed uh, certain information is exactly what is going wrong with the negotiations. I don't know why promoters can't learn this lesson. You cannot negotiate a fight through the media. The moment it becomes public knowledge, that's when negotiations always go south. Everyone needs to stay out of it. They either need to let the fight happen or Terrence Crawford just needs to move on. But it needs to be between Bob Arum and Lou DiBella and not the media. Uh, for mm. whatever reason, the media got a hold of information saying that Felix Diaz was being lowballed, that Terrence Crawford is ready to move on, and that I guess they just wanted those headlines out there to kind of shame top rank into making this fight happen. The real deal is that Felix Diaz has never turned down the fight. He heard the offer. He's not thrilled with it, but he wants to fight. He's wanted this fight with Ter- uh, Terrence Crawford for almost a year now. He wanted it last December, but, you know, top rank, they decided, you know, they just weren't even interested in him. They gave it to John Molina instead. But this time around, HBO has already approved uh, Felix Diaz as an opponent. Mm. Felix Diaz is the um, approved opponent for this show. They want the show on May 20th. They want Terrence Crawford to fight Felix Diaz. They heard Adrian Granados' name. That's top rank using him as leverage to try to get Felix Diaz to accept the offer that's on the table. Lou DiBella and Bob Arum need to figure out a way to make this fight happen. It is still on the table. It is not dead in the water. Nobody has moved on from this negotiation. And that's a real talk. Why? Mm. Why? And I'm surprised. Everyone needs I'm to stop surprised. the nonsense as well. Um, this, this nonsense that Terrence Crawford is ducking Felix Diaz or any fighter on the planet. If Terrence Crawford could make middleweight, Terrence Crawford would fight Gennady Golovkin. Terrence Crawford, right. I mean, the man took a bullet. The man does not fear any fighter in the world. My personal opinion, um, just based on talent, not necessarily based on who he's fought, but based on pure talent alone, Terrence Crawford is the very best boxer in, in the world today. Mm-hmm. He does not fear any boxers. Everyone needs to stop the nonsense that he's ducking mm-hmm. anyone. He's not. I feel bad. Jake over here I preaching. I can't, even, I can't even type fast enough for Jake this morning. <laughs> I'm saying, I got my dollars out. Can we pass the plate around? I didn't get the plate over here on this side. So it sounds to me, it sounds to me that the hurdle here is between the promoters. Yes, it is. And here's, here's the other issue too. The Diaz side, and it's not Diaz himself. The Diaz side is focusing too much on what John Molina made 
to fight Terrence Crawford last year. There was a much bigger budget in the pot because that date was supposed to go to Canelo. Last year, HBO right. had a significant amount of money aside for Canelo and Gennady Golovkin to fight on separate dates in December. Neither one of those fights happened. The problem the HBO had was that they had that money in the budget. They had to spend it by December 31st. So that's why we got Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters uh, right after right. Thanksgiving. That's why we got the Bernard Hopkins, Joe Smith triple header on December 17th. And on December 10th, Terrence Crawford and John Molina both got big fat paychecks. They got a bigger paycheck than they should have gotten for that fight because mm. HBO simply had to spend money for it. So Felix Diaz's dumb luck was that top rank just wasn't interested in them at that time. But that's why there's not the same amount of money involved for May 20th. Um, Diaz's side was trying to put it out there that that was the case. But in mm. the, the offer, the, there, is, there are rumors that you know, top rank could probably let go of a little bit more money, but he's not going to see John Molina money. So with the offer that's on the table, Diaz's side needs to figure out how to properly split it up. Everyone needs to take their hands out of Diaz's pocket, let the boy get paid, and then they take whatever money they can get. You know, co-promote the event, figure out, you know, sell some tickets and and put put some money in your pocket that way. But get your hands out of Diaz's pocket, let the man have the fight that he's craved for almost a year. I'm not right. Yeah, so you know me. I try to look at everything from everyone's angle, from the fighter's standpoint, from the manager's standpoint, and the promoter's standpoint. The reason I do that is because I've worked with all these types of people. I work with promoters, I work with fighters, and I work with managers. So I kind of know what they all feel and go through. So I understand that everybody wants their cut. I get it. You know, I get everybody wants their cut. They feel like they've invested in a fighter, right? But sometimes maybe that cut is a little outrageous or maybe it's just a bit too much or you know that's that's what it sounds like is happening to me right now I mean if he's being offered x amount of money but he's going to go home with you know way less than that I mean that's that's to me Jake seems to sound like another problem here yeah I I agree with you 100 percent and here's the thing that everyone is thinking first of all Felix Diaz needs to realize that okay $325,000 is not the payday he expected for this fight but it's still a lot more than the nothing he's going to make if he doesn't get this fight. Oh, right. Hello. Uh, Lou Dibella and Jose Nunez, his promoter manager, they need to realize, okay, maybe they want you know, their cut for all they've invested in them, but they don't get anything if Terrence Crawford picks another opponent. So that, that, right. on their side, that's what they need to realize. What's working in their favor, though, is that with Terrence Crawford, I mean, he beat the crap out of Victor Postal to win the, the lineal um, junior welterweight championship last year. But in between that, he's also fought Hank Lundy. He's fought John Molina. He's fought um, Derry Jean, t- t- uh, mm-hmm. Thomas DeLorme. He, he really he can't have any more of those opponents on HBO. He needs a real opponent. Yeah. I, and, of course, mm-hmm. he wants a real opponent. He wants to prove to everyone he's the best in the world. So Felix Diaz represents that opponent more so than really anyone else that's available at 140 pounds right now. Crawford's only other option would be to move up. I mean, where, you know, you could throw a rock at a top 10 welterweight these days. But um, yeah. other than that, he, he needs a Diaz fight. So that's kind of working in Diaz's favor, but they got to be careful. They cannot overplay their hand in this one. So tell us about the rumors um, about top rank really going hard in the paint right now for Adrian Granados for Crawford. Is that, is that leverage or are they really seeking Granados? I believe that they, they're they willing to take on Granados as a plan B. I, it is leverage, but it's to the point where they're, they're willing to take that fight if, um, if this one moves on. But again, it's not a fight that HBO is thrilled about. Granados, he looked, you know, he, he was admirable in defeat against Adrian Brona, but he still lost. And he also lost to Felix Diaz two years ago, too. So, you know, when um. it boils down to it, there's not a lot that makes sense with Granados getting this fight. It's like, you know, Terrence Crawford is fighting the guy who's coming off the oh, loss. And there's really know, no case I, to be I made. Just, but I disagree with – I kind of disagree with you there, Jakey, because 
I actually had Granados beating Broner. A lot of people had him. I know officially on the scorecards he didn't right. win, but he put up a hell of a fight. He's really he generating a really good fan base for himself. He's made a little name. Everybody's yeah. tuned in to watch that Broner fight, so he actually is a little more popular right now than Felix Diaz. Oh, yeah, I will say from that standpoint, yeah, Granados actually does bring more to the table than Diaz. A lot of people do because Diaz, he just he doesn't get to fight enough. I mean, he fought on Fox last July, you know, um, on the Deontay Wilder undercard when Deontay fought Ariola. He had, the, you know, the career best win against Sammy Vasquez, but that's been it. He's had one fight way off TV in Dominican Republic last December. Uh, you know, he needs to get active. So, But in the meantime, nobody really knows who he is. So, yeah, of course, a lot of people do know who Adrian Granados is. So, that, yeah. again, if, if, if Top Rank can get HBO to say, yes, you know, we'll take Granados' plan B, if you can't get Felix Diaz, hell yeah, they're going to go for it. And those talks, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Granados is basically on standby. Well, here's what I will say. Top Rank and Lou DiBella, they don't seem to really work together. <laughs> because if they right. have, if they do, we would see a lot more matchups between them. So this is yeah. why I kept telling like guys like Mike Coppinger to wake up. And I love Cop. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love Mike Coppinger. But come on, we bro, all love this the is politics. This really isn't I just about money. But, yeah, you know, like, right. this, this is also political here you know i know that yeah, Lou it, has a good relationship with bob arrow but mm-hmm. not with everyone else over there right and here's the other thing too and uh, a couple of people have brought this point up it's not bob arum's job to make sure that felix diaz gets a fight it's not bob arum's job to do lou debella a favor and it works the opposite way too if lou debella had a show at barclay center he, he has no obligation to put terrence crawford on it or any other top ranked fighter so again that's something else that both sides need to realize you know they're fighting for their guy but the other side isn't going to fight you know for the opposite fighter so Again, this is where, you know, cooler heads eventually need to prevail. And that's a, a, it could be a lot to ask. I mean, you know, with Bob and Lou, I mean, the two of the most, you know, especially Lou. Lou is one of the most passionate people in the industry. He's someone I consider a personal friend. But the two of them are combustible energy, especially when they're together in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, hey, he and, and, he and, and Grandpa Bob got to get together. Because if you can ask a man for yep. a flight back from the Ali funeral, you yes. can sit down together and make a fight. And Absolutely. stop playing around, New Yorkers. Yeah. Come on, New York. Yeah. My, you know what's funny? A week ago, I thought that this fight was in a lot of trouble. I actually feel a lot better about it. I don't have any real inside information other than knowing negotiations are ongoing. But I, I, I have a better feeling about this fight happening than I did a week ago. I, I will say that. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. Well, Jakey, Jakey. <laughs> what's, what's, anything, else, anything else you should tell us before Get we wrap it up? Because you're so... You were so hyped this morning. I'm like, damn, what else should we ask you? Jake, what are the lotto numbers this week? Uh, I wish I had that. I will say I, I do want to touch on the Wilder Washington thing and more so the, oh, yes. what happened in the post fight. I, I don't know if you guys have covered it yet. I, my apologies if I missed it. But um, Deontay Wilder needs to be really careful. He's, you know, if, if PBC is to last beyond 2017, he is essentially the face of PBC. Oops. And he mm-hmm. needs to take ownership of that. He can't start. He can't pop off in a hotel lobby, especially at the West, you know, with you know, another heavyweight, just because his brother got pissed off that Dominic Brazil was rooting for Gerald Washington. I mean, both of them are with TGB promotions. So yes, Dominic Brazil and Gerald Washington get along. They're friends. Of course, that's who Brazil is going to cheer for. Deontay's mm-hmm. brother took right. offense to that, and that's supposedly what started all that nonsense from Saturday night. And they're sitting there fighting. You know, the West is not that big to begin with. I mean, you know, a stiff wind will blow you from the lobby onto the street. 
Right. So for two big heavyweights like that to just make a, you know, just to go down like that, you know, in public, it's just, it's an embarrassment to the sport. You know, this sport, it doesn't need any help in, you know, embarrassing itself. Right. So exactly. Deontay, he just has to realize his, his public image. And this is the second time it's happened. He got into it with Stoka last year. They had um, some, like, photo op uh, prior to that oh. fight. You know, he's yelling bomb squad on the, you know, the World Trade Center. Not, not the best place to start, you know, shouting bomb. What? You right. Know, granted, I know it's his nickname. but you know. Right. But, yeah, him and Spilka ended up getting into it. You know, that, fortunately, that fight got broken up, you know, before even one of them threw punches. But, you know, for, to start a fight over, you know, a guy cheering for your opponent, I mean, that, that's just pathetic. You know, Deontay, I mean, you could ask Riddick Bowe about, you know, the friends you keep. You know, Riddick Bowe didn't start the fight, yeah. you know, the, the riot with um, Andrew Galata, but he had to pay a million-dollar fine because of the friends he kept. So, you know, Deontay, mm. he just has to be smart moving forward. These boxers, I'll tell you, see? Yep. And I had one correction on the Jared Hurd-Tony uh, Harrison fight. Believe it or not, Jared yep. Hurd was actually leading on the scorecards at the time what? of the stoppage. I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> But, yeah, he oh, was up on, on two cards, and it was even on the third. No, not, hell no, not on my scorecard either. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he closed the show. And, and I'm with you. I mean, Jared Hurd, I, I think, you know, if, if Jamal Charlo, I don't know if he's sticking around at uh, 154, if he's ever going to go back to 154. But if not, Jared Hurd no. very well could run the tables at that division. I mean, you, you could outbox him, but you're not going to outlast him. And there's yeah. a lot to like about him. I, I really, really, really like this kid. All right, yeah. Jakey. Well, listen, thank you for calling in the Morning Punching Show this morning and giving us Jake's. F and take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're oh, so funny. Yeah, no, well, thanks we, for having me on. And hey, I, I, I'm one ready to preach next week as well. So, Holler. Right, thank you. That's great. Right. 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 All right. Thank you very much. All Appreciate right. It. Have a good one. Jakey, Jakey, Jakey is not playing around this morning. Why don't we take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with more Morning Punching Show. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. We just can't stop giggling, Jay. We're having too much fun on the Morning Punching Show. Okay? I love it. It's so good to Jake. be back. It's so good to be back. Jake is dope. The listeners, the callers, the switchboard is lit. Twitter is going crazy. I know that I kind of got a little bit ADD this morning, and I didn't announce uh, the hot question of the day. So while we're still, we still got just under half an hour to go. So if you are listening and you want to respond to the hot question of the day, please do. I actually have a couple for you. One uh, we had planned and one occurred to me while we've been talking here. Hot question of the day, number one. De La Hoya expects Canelo versus Chavez to break one million pay-per-view buys. What do you think? Is Canelo Chavez Jr. going to break one million pay-per-view buys? Please tweet RB or J or both and use the hashtag TMPS and we'll read your response on the air. And another question I was thinking – so now you've got this little kind of triangle now going on with Wilder and Brazil, and then they've named that Bermain Severn. We'll get into that. Is his mandatory challenger? Who's going to get him first? Is someone going to step aside? Who gets him first, Brazil or Severn? Does Severn want that work again? So Bye. those are the hot questions of the day. We'll uh, get into the topic a little deeper, but if you want to respond, make sure you tweet us and use TMPS so we can read your response. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk, yeah, talking about Canelo Chavez, RB&J, we will be out there in full effect, Radio Row. 
Um, yeah. It's going to be insanity out there. I mean, I'm expecting that to sell out the T-Mobile Arena. The T-Mobile holds what, Jay? Like 20,000 people, 18,000 people, something like that. Something um, crazy. So we will be... Well, we'll be having another tweet up after the fight upstairs in the lounge. We got some other things brewing, so um, be on the lookout for us out in Vegas that weekend. And I do think it does over a million buys. Absolutely, I think it does. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. 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 So we have some, um, in case you missed it moments last week, some things that might have gone over your head that flew under the radar. So here we go. Martin Murray versus Gabriel Rosado is set for April 22nd in Liverpool. Hmm. That definitely, I missed that completely. I was, and I was paying attention to Gabe because he had mentioned that he was back with his coach, Billy Briscoe, but I sure missed that Martin Murray fight. You better go ahead and get the research in RB. Mm. You know, Gabe has nine lives. It's no secret. You know, it doesn't matter if he wins, loses, draws, he's still getting big fights. He's still getting checks. Um, you know, he fights his heart out. He's a dog. And people like to watch him fight. Um, and, and that's why he stays relevant. In other news, uh, Dylan Price from the Philly, New Jersey area, who turned pro in North Carolina a few weeks ago, just signed with Mayweather Promotions. Good luck, young man. Good good luck, young bull. Stay yeah, training this- at home. <laughs> You said young bull like Philly. Listen, <laughs> this kid Price though, I think he's won like I don't know twelve national tournaments like in the Philly Jersey area. Um, he was a really really good amateur coming up. A lot of people were seeking him out. He's a small little dude though. He fights at like a hundred and eight pounds, which wow. is why people were also hesitant to fight him because it's really hard to move a fighter who's a hundred and eight pounds. It's really hard. My daughter weighs more than 108 pounds. Girl, I haven't weighed 108 since I was, like, in the fourth grade. No, I was probably, like, in <laughs> second grade. Like, go on. <laughs> wow. Anyway, in other news, Rock Nation's fighter, Dusty Harrison, was arrested last week, and he's being held on gun charges. Dusty. My God. What? what is going on? What is the problem? What is going on? See, you know, the no, problem. the problem is they too idle. Get, get them some fights. All that money, Rock Nation, they can't do. Man, sign some young guys, do a little club cart, put them on the club cart, give them something to do so they're not out there getting gun charges. The hell, hell out of here. Uh, in other news, Usyk versus Michael Hunter has been added to the Lomachenko Sosa card in Maryland on April 8th. Uh, I'm not very high on Michael Hunter at all. I, and I, ain't I would high on go as far as calling that a mismatch, but I think Usyk will come out looking great. I hope so, because he stunk it the hell up the last time he fought on yeah. the, um, whatever undercard that was he was fighting on. Was it, I don't remember what undercard it was, but he stunk it up. He was so boring, and he just looks like such a killer. I thought he was just going to knock everybody out, the official, the camera people. I thought he was going to knock everybody out, but nah, he went the distance, so hopefully mm-hmm. this is a better outing for him. Yeah. April 20th, ESPN2, Golden Boy Promotions announced main event Michael Perez versus Marcelino Lopez. So that's going to top ESPN2 bill on the April 20th card. All right, ladies, if you are listening mm. to the Morning Punching Show today, because, you know, we got a lot of Raging Babes that listen to our show. We got In you. case you missed it. Yeah, we got you covered here. In case you missed it, Anthony Joshua graced the cover <laughs> of the GQ magazine in in Britain, and it was released last, what, last week or a couple of days Hallelujah. ago, Jay? 
Hallelujah. Go pick up a copy. Check that out. Hallelujah. God is good. That's the first thing. I saw that GQ cover with Anthony Joshua on it, and the first thing I said was, God is good. Look at that. I don't care. I don't care if you think it's unprofessional or what. That is a fine-ass man. God damn. I'm, I'm going to get that GQ magazine. I might have to buy a couple covers, a couple of them. And maybe we'll do, you know, no, I'm buying that, John. Y'all on your own. I'm buying it. Listen, all the guys in boxing, whether they're fans in the industry, they always talk about the ring girls and how cute and pretty and this and that and that. Right. Look, we're allowed to say, you know, somebody is handsome. That don't make us groupie. I'm just saying the ladies that are listening to the show tomorrow, go pick, I mean, today, Please go do. pick up a cover and a issue of the GQ magazine. Um, God is good. God yeah. is good. So that that's our In Case You Missed It segment. Um, I think we're ready to move on to some word on the curb, Jay. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, actually, wait a minute. We have some people tagging you on your hot question regarding uh, Canelo Chavez, if you want to read a few of those. And I yes. have a couple here, too. Okay, cool. Let's get these... Uh... TM hot question of the day. I had two of them for you. Let's see. OG Poppy Johnson says Canelo shouldn't sell out because of the lack of talent in this fight. It's so one-sided, but it's Canelo, so who knows? Okay. Um, Carla Jenkins says, I think Severn will get wilder first because he's a former champ. That's Yeah, you're right, Carla. Um so, yeah, that's what we got so far on the TMPS hashtag. Yeah. Please send I, us your responses. And uh, my bad for being ADD at the top of the show and not giving it earlier. Yeah, I have a couple here of the fellows that forgot to hashtag. Uh, but let's see. Mike Talk Sports said close to a million, but no. And then mm-hmm. we've got another guy. Uh, you know, when was the last time a non-Mayweather or Pacquiao pay-per-view did a million? He thinks it'll do around six to seven hundred thousand buys. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Teron Big says one million. Hell nah. Him and Cotto did a hundred, did nine hundred k, and Cotto is a bigger draw than Junior. I don't uh, think so these days. I don't think so either. You are underestimating so. the power of him in Mexico and the power of Word. being Chavez Junior. Yo, that so cartel sweet. is strong. <laughs> yeah, I learned that this weekend. You know, it's funny. If you go over to Bad Culture TV, I got a chance to chat with Junior, and I was all hyped because he answered me in English. But before I had talked to him, I talked to Jesse Vargas because I'm not Mexican, so I can't presume to speak for Mexicans or Mexican-Americans, but I really wanted to know, who do you ride with in a fight like this? And the general feeling is Mexican-Americans ride with Canelo and Mexicans ride with Chavez Jr. And those mm. Mexico is riding with Chavez Jr. And they're going to buy the fight just on the name alone. So, so don't underestimate travel it. To, yeah, wherever I travel to across the country, wherever I go, whether it's a restaurant or anywhere, I like to ask people, like, oh, do you watch boxing? Or, and when I was Atlanta, in Atlanta several months ago, and even in North Carolina, whenever I see some Spanish people and I know they're Mexican, it's the first thing I ask them. Oh, te gusta boxeo? And they're like, yeah, I love boxing. I'm like, Canelo or Chavez? It's the very second question that I ask them. And the hardcore Mexicans that are from Mexico, they all say Chavez. They all say Chavez. So it just goes to show you, even though we think he's a little bit of a joke and lazy and everything else, we think he's spoiled. 
Uh, the hardcores out there do like them. Not that they don't like Canelo, but they look at Chavez as like, you know, one of theirs, like, you know, his dad, the cartel, you know, he's like the authentic Mexican, mm-hmm. if you should yeah. say. So. Yeah, when I asked Chavez Jr., I asked him the same question. He's like, he kind of, the way I understood him, it was kind of like, they don't really know Canelo. Like, I mean, they know who he is, but he's marketed to Mexican-American fans. Whereas, yeah. like you said, you know, they they family, they Mexican for real, like out there and about. So, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to Vegas, Shay. Word on the curb. And then we're going to wrap this up and and finish early on a Monday, and you guys can get back to work. Word on the curb. Uh, Gervonta Davis should be making his ring return in May. Mm. Tank is not on punishment. Tank is ready to fight again. (laughs) Tank is in good graces again with Floyd, although he did say um, that he's still not going to move to Vegas and train out there that he still, you know, and if he does go to Vegas, he'll take his team with him, you know, like his trainers and all. He's not going to switch trainers and do all that mess, but he still does want to train in Baltimore. And he says winning that belt is not only for him, but it was for his trainers and it was for the city of Baltimore that made him. That is where he wants to stay. So look out for Javanta um, projected to return in May. So uh, according, uh, some more word on the curb here is, and I got this from Dan Raphael, actually low key so i am going to give him a little credit but i didn't see too many people talking about this so i'm going to put it in the word on the curb segment here is that adonis stevenson may be fighting shawnee monahan on april 29th in long island mm, that's an interesting mm. fight he want to go out there and mess with the irish people like that <laughs> good luck <laughs> Uh, can he even come over here? Like, don't doesn't he have like visa problems? Or like, remember when he was like pimping and torturing women, and like he went to like jail or court? Like, I don't even know if he can like come over here. That's a good question. I didn't think about yeah. that because the last fights we've seen of his have been north of the border with our Canadian friends. Right. That's a good right. question. So last tad bit of word on the curb. So a couple days ago, both Manny Pacquiao and Amir Khan tweeted that terms have been met between them and they have agreed to fight in a showdown on April 22nd. No location has been determined. You got to give it to Khan. He's got an ace of a team, girl. He stays relevant even after getting knocked out, sent to heaven and all that. He will come back and make a fat, fat check. Most fighters, they disappear after getting knocked out the way that Khan does. But he has found a way to make money from it. So I give him so much respect. He stays relevant. You know, I know we joke on him a lot, but um, he always faces the best fighters in the world. And he doesn't care how he gets knocked out. He's still going to fight. Well, here's the word on the curb, though. Ready, Jay? Manny and Amir Khan, maybe they have agreed, you know, that, oh, yeah, we'll fight each other. But it's really not that realistic. And let me tell you why. They are relying on backing from the Middle East. They want this, play, this fight to happen somewhere in the Middle East. Dubai, Pakistan, I'm not quite sure where. But they are relying on money from the Middle East to make this happen, which is not exactly reliable. So you heard it here first on the Morning punch Show with RB&J. Wow. See that? Keep listening in. And when you 
cite that in your articles, remember to use the Morning Punch and Show with RB and Shay. So before <laughs> we right. before we wrap up, shall we do the weekend fight schedule? Yep. Let's yep. do I'll it. I'm I'm only going to mention this fight just because it's a title fight, but unless you're about that stream life, you won't see this one. Shinsuke Yamanaka is fighting Carlos Carlson uh, for the WBC Bantamweight title. The Bantamweight title has been getting more interesting lately. So, you know, keep a, a look, uh, eye out on the uh, outcome of that fight. Brian Valoria is on that card, too. I didn't know that. That card is going down in Tokyo. But on March 4th, from New York City on CBS. We've been waiting for it for a while now, but we're going to get it. Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. Oh, that's how they have it written. Danny Garcia versus Keith Thurman for 12 <laughs> rounds for the for WBA, WBC, welterweight unification bout from New York City. I know I'll be watching a fight. No place I'd rather be other than at the fight myself. So I'll be uh, checking that out. Erickson Lubin also on that card against Jorge Cota and Fonfara versus Chad Dawson. Heather Hardy's on the card, too. So make sure you check that one out on CBS. Um, and I'm going to mention this one, too, just because of who's in it. Tony Bellew and David Hay are going to be fighting the same night over in England. <laughs> Pauli Malinaji is also on this card fighting mm-hmm. against Sam Eggington. Um, and O'Hara Davies is fighting Derry Matthews. And there's a female fight on that card. Lee Selby's on the card, too. So if you want to uh, seek these fights, they'll probably be on Box Nation or something like that. So Bellew versus Hay this weekend. and But the big fight that all eyes are on this weekend is Danny Garcia versus Keith Oh, yeah. Thurman. And that's what yeah, I got. So, that's all I got. Yeah. There, um, I did see something out there yesterday that there's still a lot of tickets left. And, and don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying the event isn't doing well. The Barclays is a very big venue. And I can't really say that, that this fight has gotten the attention that it deserves for whatever, which, you know, which reason that is, but there are a bunch of ringside seats left. So if you still want to make it to the fight, I'm going to try to get out there. I will be in Philly this week. I'm going to try to take Dan with me and my brother with me. I really want to go there. I want to go to Barclays. It should be a really good environment. And again, there are tickets that are still available. Uh, real quick today, before we wrap up, I'm picking Danny Garcia by KO. Who are you picking? I'm picking. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to go with Thurman. I'm going to go with Thurman in 12. All right. And guess what? We like both guys. There's no favoritism here. It has nothing to do with any biases. I just know that Danny has, I think, fought better guys. We haven't really seen him down and hurt, but I love Keith Thurman too. I mean, we love him over here. That is our buddy over here. And Mm -hmm. I think he's great for boxing. He's a great character. Um, Win, lose, or draw, I don't think it hurts either one of them. Whoever loses, whoever wins, I think they could still go on and do big things in our sport. Um, A loss does not, you know, break a fighter, regardless of what some of these guys think. So, anyway, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, Thank you for listening today. Jay, thank you for always being amazing. Jake Donovan, you are the man. We are so looking forward to working with you this year and bringing Jake's take every Monday morning to you guys. Every Monday, 8 to 9, it's the Morning Punch and Show. Have a great day. It's a wrap.